Welcome back to Skin the Surface. My name is Dr. Rena Alau, and I'm your host for today's episode. In the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, the use of medications that may suppress part of our immune system for the treatment of certain inflammatory skin conditions, such as psoriasis, has been a growing concern among many individuals. The safety of these medications during this pandemic and its influence on the COVID vaccine has been called into question. To help me discuss this relevant topic, I'm elated to be joined by a true expert in the field of dermatology and psoriasis, Dr. Joel Galfand. Dr. Galfand is a professor of dermatology at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, as well as the director of psoriasis and phototherapy treatment center, vice chair of clinical research and medical directory of the dermatology clinical studies unit, and professor of epidemiology and biostatistics and epidemiology. Welcome, Dr. Galfand. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So let's dive right, right into this. So for our listeners, biologics is a term used to describe a group of medications that work by targeting specific parts of our immune system in the treatment of various inflammatory diseases, including psoriasis, rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease, and psoriatic arthritis. How I like to think of these medications is rather than removing the entire team from the game, they target the specific players. And these biologics can come into different forms, such as an IV form, such as Remicade, or injectable forms. You may have heard of Stellar, Humira, among many others. So the use of these types of medications for the treatment of psoriasis during the COVID-19 pandemic has been such a hot topic. So to help us understand this a little bit better, Dr. Gelfin, for those with the diagnosis of psoriasis, is it safe to continue or start a biologic for the psoriasis during the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, well, you know, fortunately, uh, we now are in a stage of the pandemic where we have a lot more data than we did, you know, just about a year ago when this whole thing was getting started in the United States, at least. Uh, where at that point in time, we really had no experience with this completely novel virus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Uh, and we know that biologics, you know, target certain pathways, which, although are not dominant players for uh, viral immunity, uh, you know, still create some uncertainty uh, in this space. And what we learned over the last uh, year or so is that it seems like the systemic agents we use for psoriasis, um, whether it be biologics or pills by mouth, they don't seem to meaningfully alter the risk of a patient with psoriasis either uh, getting infected with the virus SARS-CoV-2 or having a worse course of COVID-19 illness. And so for that reason, uh, our general recommendation is that most patients should really just stay under systemic therapy uh, for psoriatic disease during the pandemic, unless they're coming down with symptoms of infection. Now, it's important for this to be an issue of shared decision-making between the patient and the prescriber, because the data we have here is, is somewhat imperfect. Uh, the current studies we have so far, you know, are largely reassuring. But for example, you know, they don't do sub-analyses uh, in the people we worry the most about, you know, those who might be older, maybe someone who's in their 70s who's on a biologic, maybe they have an underlying health problem like COPD that we know further increases their risk of having bad COVID outcomes, uh, things of that nature. Uh, and so we certainly have some uncertainty left in our thinking about this, but the best we could tell from the data to date is that patients' outcomes are really driven by their underlying health issues. They have chronic uh, lung disease, they have uh, diabetes, they have cardiovascular disease, uh, or their, their advanced age. Those are the things that really seem to determine outcome, uh, not necessarily the therapies we use uh, for psoriatic disease or having psoriasis itself. 
That's great. That's good to know. Um, I know a lot of my patients who come in initially in the beginning, we were unclear, unsure whether or not to stop these medications. And they were so distraught, even being considered to be off of these medications. I'm sure you came in, you know, um, patients had, had expressed that to you because these medications really make such a huge impact on, on these, on their life. That's exactly right. And I think what we've learned mm-hmm. from the literature is that, you know, roughly five to 10% of, their, of our patients have just decided on their own to stop their systemic agents for psoriasis mm-hmm. during the pandemic. And then what they dealt with, you know, three to four months later was not only the burden of the pandemic and the social and economic fallout, but also the burden of now dealing with their psoriasis that was often flaring out of control. Uh, and, and so, you know, in, in my thinking about this, and, and also that of the National Psoriasis Foundation's COVID-19 Task Force, which, which I co-chair, you know, ultimately our recommendation is that for most patients, uh, the proven benefit of being on these therapies uh, outweighs uh, any hypothetical or theoretical concern uh, about uh, these treatments during the pandemic. That's great to know. Speaking about risk, Dr. Guffin, for those with the diagnosis of psoriasis, is there any concern? I know you mentioned other risk factors, but is there a concern that a history of psoriasis alone will make an individual more at risk for contracting COVID-19? Yeah, so, so here uh, we're hoping there'll be more data to fully answer this question. You know, as best we can tell from the existing studies out there, it does not seem like people with psoriasis uh, itself uh, meaningfully impacts the risk of getting the virus or having a worse course of illness. Uh, you know, there was one study early in the pandemic at the United Kingdom where they lumped people with psoriasis, rheumatoid arthritis, and uh, lupus together. Uh, and they found in that patient group, there was a higher risk of dying from COVID, uh, even when controlling for all the other risk factors that could lead to bad outcomes. Uh, but, you know, from that study, we, we just don't know uh, if that was driven by having psoriasis or lupus or rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and then the bulk mm-hmm. of the work that's come after that uh, really doesn't seem to show any signal that our patients with psoriasis do worse off uh, than patients without psoriasis. So I, I hope that's reassuring uh, to our listeners. Right. Yeah. And I I agree. Um I think that uh, you you may also get this question quite a bit from your psoriasis patients. I know I have, but if if an individual had a recent COVID nineteen exposure or were tested for a positive for COVID nineteen, what is your general recommendation to these individuals while they're on biologics? Yeah. Should they hold their next injection? Um, should they just watch out for symptoms and continue their medication? So, so here the, the suggestion is driven by dogma and not actual data, okay? So we know the mm-hmm. FDA prescribing information uh, and our guidelines generally state that if you are coming down with symptoms of an infection or have signs of an infection, you're supposed to be holding these therapies. And so that is the generic uh, response, which is that if someone's coming down with symptoms of an infection, be it COVID or something else, they are really supposed to delay uh, their next shot, their biologic or hold their pills taken by mouth to target the immune system uh, and, until they're fully recovered from their infection. That's a standard recommendation. But I encourage our mm-hmm. listeners to stay in touch with the National Psoriasis Foundation's uh, COVID-19 Resource Center, where we are constantly updating our recommendations on these topics, because as new data emerges, that recommendation may change. So, for example, what's complicated about COVID-19 illness is that immune modulation early in the course of disease may be problematic by making it more likely to get infected and having the virus sort of, uh, you know, uh, replicate more before it gets controlled by the immune system. But latent illness potentially can be helpful by um, suppressing an overactive dysregulated immune response. 
And so it turns so it turns out we know that many of the cytokines that that are dysregulated psoriasis, uh, TNF, IL seventeen, for example, when those the, the, when they are higher in patients with COVID. Uh, this is talking about patients in general, not people with psoriasis per se, they predict having a worse course of, of illness. Uh, and so that begets the hypothesis that treating people who have COVID illness with, say, a TNF inhibitor like Humira or something like that, or with an IL-17 inhibitor, such as, say, Cosentix or Taltz, that perhaps that may actually uh, lower uh, the risk of progression to very severe disease or, or reverse very severe disease in people who are, who are progressing uh, to pneumonia. Now, that's still a hypothesis. And so I think that there are some existing trials ongoing. We'll see what those, those data say. Uh, but this to put this in perspective. Uh, there's another biologic that targets something called IL-6. Uh, and that's uh, for a long period of time been felt to be important for managing uh, these cytokine storm type reactions. There, it's well validated to use it. People get cytokine storms related to oncology treatments. And there, the trials have been really mixed. You know, some trials have, have shown uh, improvements in people with severe COVID when they get IL 6 inhibitors. Uh, others have shown a trend uh, towards increased mortality uh, and, and infectious disease complications of being on that drug. And so this is an example where, you know, immunology may invoke a certain hypothesis. Uh, but then when you test it in humans, you, you weren't learn what's really true, right? And, and we know this from the field of psoriasis, of course. You know, we know that, um, you know, there are therapies that we use in the psoriasis space, say, TNF inhibitors that were initially thought to be helpful for multiple sclerosis. And it turns out it's the opposite. It can induce multiple sclerosis. Or, you know, IL-17 inhibitors, we, we, you know, initially were thought to be effective for inflammatory bowel disease. But in the trials, they tended to make it worse. And, and we know from the warnings that it, they can potentially induce inflammatory balances in people with psoriasis. Uh, and, and so ultimately, you know, we need rigorous, randomizable, simple control trials to really answer these questions uh, for our patients. That's really interesting. Um, and for our listeners, I will make sure on the website, on skinandthesurfacepod.com, I'll include all of that information there. Um, uh, for the resources for the National Psoriasis Foundation, of course, it's important to touch base with your dermatologist. I know um, with all the excitement surrounding the COVID-19 vaccine, there has been concern from some patients about receiving the vaccine if you're on one of these medications. A common question that comes up is, will, this, will the biologic medications affect or blunt my immune response to the vaccine? Dr. Guffin, can you touch upon the recent guidelines regarding the COVID-19 vaccine and biologics? Yeah, so here we're sort of uh, extrapolating what, from what we know from the vaccine literature in general, <clears throat> going back many, many years now. Um, so, you know, we have influenza vaccines, the flu shot, we have pneumococcal vaccines, we have uh, vaccines uh, to prevent uh, shingles, like called the Shingrix vaccine. Um, and what we've learned from the history of these, uh, these vaccines is that it doesn't seem like psoriasis treatments meaningfully alter the response and protective effects of these vaccines. You know, there's some data that methotrexate, for example, can suppress some of the antibody response to the uh, influenza vaccine. <clears throat> and some strong data from clinical trials in rheumatoid arthritis patients that withholding methotrexate for two weeks when you're getting the flu shot uh, can result in higher antibody titer responses. But that's a marginal benefit of a lab test. We don't really know what that means clinically. And so the task force uh, ultimately decide that we think it's best that patients just stay on their 
psoriatic disease medications during the vaccination period. And this is because the messenger RNA-based vaccines, the one by Pfizer and the one by Moderna, they are highly immunogenic vaccines, uh, highly efficacious. We think based on the experience of the influenza vaccine and the pneumococcal vaccines before it, that's highly unlikely that our therapies will meaningfully alter protective benefits uh, of the mRNA vaccines uh, for patients uh, with psoriasis or on them. Um, and so absent any evidence that there's really an issue, uh, we think uh, maintaining uh, your treatment is what makes most sense. But of course, we're watching this literature closely and if there's data to think otherwise, then we'll, we'll revise our recommendations. That's good to know. So these, so these biologics should not necessarily be a barrier to receiving. Not at all. And also, the listeners need to be aware that none of the vaccines that are being developed or currently under emergency use authorization, none of them are live vaccines. Okay, so all the vaccines that are, are either available or will come on board, uh, all of them will be considered to be safe to take in the patients who's on immune modulating therapies. These are not live vaccines, uh, and therefore, there's no concerns. Uh, of safety uh, with these vaccines relative to being on any immunological treatments uh, for psoriatic disease. Great. Uh, so moving away from biologics and focusing on psoriasis itself. So for our listeners who are not very familiar with psoriasis, psoriasis is a chronic inflammatory disease that impacts 125 million people worldwide. Many of you may have a family member diagnosed with psoriasis or know of a close friend or coworker. So this skin condition, as you can imagine, has a profound impact on one's life, whether it be personal, professional, it can vary, it can involve the scalp, the palms and soles, it can be more generalized. Um, so speaking on psoriasis itself, Dr. Gelfand, have you noticed any impact on this pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic as a whole on your patients diagnosed with psoriasis? And in uh, well, way? this is a really interesting question, Rena. I mean, uh, you know, and when we first started the pandemic, this is one of the things that I was quite worried about, uh, because we know for many of our patients who suffer with psoriasis, that, that stressful life events uh, can be real triggers for their disease. Now, in my clinical experience and from the literature, it seems that if you get infected with SARS-CoV-2, that that can aggravate psoriasis in some patients. Um, and I certainly seen in my clinical practice, patients who've come down with SARS-CoV-2, you know, they may have had sort of the normal course of illness that you would expect for the age and underlying health problems um, and have done fine with the viral infection, but then they found their biologic wasn't working as well. You know, all of a sudden they now had scalp psoriasis that wasn't responding and we had to switch their, their course of treatment. Or, or, or patients who are not currently uh, on, um, you know, psoriatic disease treatment may find their psoriasis flares and they have a gutate-like flare of disease uh, when they get SARS-CoV-2. And this is not, you know, that surprising. We know that viral infections and certain bacterial infections can uh, trigger psoriasis flares in, in patients, uh, likely non-specifically. You know, when you have a viral infection like SARS-CoV-2, that's a, a pretty strong challenge to the body's immune system that upregulates the body's immune system and then can non-specifically trigger and aggravate underlying psoriasis. Have you seen any association with stress and, and psoriasis? I mean, flares? certainly that's been the case. I mean, yeah, there was a really uh, interesting study mm -hmm. done out of Italy many years ago, which showed that uh, for people with nuanced psoriasis, they had a much higher likelihood 
of having had a major life stressful event in the preceding months, you know, death of a spouse, a divorce, uh, things of that nature. Um, and, uh, and so certainly our patients bring, you know, tell us these issues all the time that stress seems to aggravate their psoriasis. Uh, and we have pretty solid epidemiological data to confirm uh, that experience of our patients. That's good to know. And then any other recommendations or words of wisdom for our listeners out there suffering from psoriasis during COVID-19? Any resources well, you that know, you recommend? Another thing that we haven't discussed yet is that some of my patients have been worried, well, could the vaccine you know, itself aggravate my psoriasis? And here, this is pretty interesting. Uh, okay. Again, so we, we spend a lot of time speaking to people, what's called vaccinologists, people whose whole career is spent developing and studying and testing uh, vaccines. And, and, you know, in the history of, of vaccinations, there's really very limited examples of vaccines aggravating or inducing psoriasis. And the FDA and CDC specifically comment that in the tens of thousands of people have gotten the mRNA-based vaccines in the clinical trials, there was no evidence of a triggering of inflammatory disease states uh, in the uh, vaccine group compared to the placebo groups. So that's really reassuring. And, and so for patients who are saying to themselves, well, I'm, I'm worried about the vaccine. I mean, we know the vaccine should cause in many people uh, what we call reactogenicity. Uh, people may have a sore arm. They may have a little bit of fever. They may feel a little crummy for a day or two. But those symptoms are usually pretty mild to moderate, uh, go away almost entirely within 24 to 48 hours, respond to a little acetaminophen. And as best as we understand from the decades of experience with vaccines, including highly immunogenic vaccines, there's really no reason it can be concerned that psoriasis may be flared uh, by uh, the vaccinations for COVID-19. On the flip side of that, we certainly know the risk of getting COVID for our patients. There's some evidence that COVID itself could flare psoriasis. And of course, the risk of getting hospitalized or dying of COVID-19 is, is, is a far uh, greater risk. Uh, than the vaccines, which are just so incredibly successful. You know, the mRNA-based vaccines lower the risk of developing uh, COVID-19 symptoms by 95%, and essentially uh, lower the risk of getting hospitalized or having severe COVID by essentially 100%. No one in the two trials for either Moderna or Pfizer who received uh, the vaccine was hospitalized for COVID-19. That's pretty remarkable if you think about that. That's incredible. That's an uh, that's actually an excellent point um, because I know that that definitely comes up. And and the more that we read out there about the vaccine, there's a lot of misinformation about whether or not you know these if the vaccine triggers psoriasis or does it make you more susceptible to having um, lupus or infertility. So it's really important to always talk to your provider before um, you know just buying into these. Um, these headlines. Yeah. So, I mean, we, uh, the task force has already put out recommendations uh, regarding this. We encourage everyone who has psoriatic disease uh, to get uh, the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine as soon as it's available to them. We've also put out updated guidance to let people know that many of the treatments we use for psoriasis, even though they don't meaningfully alter the risk of having COVID-19, uh, they do um, end up qualifying you for being at a minimum 1C uh, for the CDC prioritization groups. And so patients should go to their local county public health websites, uh, fill out the forms, and there's often a question about, are you on any immune weakening or immune modulating, immune suppressing therapies? There's a lot of different terms people use. 
And for our therapies for psoriasis, uh, they qualify for that category. Uh, and therefore, you know, someone say 25 years old and otherwise healthy, and that still makes them category 1C. And we encourage patients uh, that every person who gets vaccinated is a success story. Uh, one less person that we could worry a little bit less about uh, for having being at risk for being hospitalized or, or dying from this awful respiratory uh, virus. Uh, you know, the last thought I would leave the listeners with is that uh, you know we've made so much progress in the management of psoriasis that to me um, the best part of helping patients with disease is that we can really tailor the treatment plan to the individual patient's uh, personal circumstances and preferences. So you know for people with widespread disease, we have ultraviolet light therapies, we have pills by mouth, we have injectable therapies, uh, and with people from more localized disease. You know, we have uh, topical medications in a variety of different formulations, uh, as well as uh, localized forms of phototherapy like external laser. Uh, and, and so ultimately, for virtually all of our patients, we should be able to choose a path uh, that the patient will be comfortable with uh, and achieve a good outcome. Yeah, that's an, that's an excellent point. I think there's just so many wonderful options out there, and especially even with the biologic medications, the frequency of of injections um, definitely has changed, I'm sure, from when it initially started um, or when they initially came out. And so now it, it's it's ideal for people. That's who have exactly right. Specials. And I think, but ultimately, I think the most important things that people should know is that uh, we can tailor a regimen to meet the individual person's, uh, you know, preferences. Uh, and so, you know, there's certainly some patients who right. don't want injection. We have pills by mouth and phototherapy. There's some patients right. who don't want any internal treatments at all. Phototherapy is a very good option. Uh, there's some patients who are busy or maybe have psoriatic arthritis. You know, we have great options uh, to manage this disease. And ultimately, it's a matter of, of shared decision-making between the patient uh, and the clinician. I agree more. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much, Dr. Gelfin, for joining me to discuss such an interesting and very pertinent topic. To learn more about psoriasis, I encourage you to check out the National Psoriasis Foundation website at psoriasis.org. And make sure to follow Psoriasis Expert and our guest, Dr. Gelfand, on Twitter for more updates at Dr. Joel Gelfand. And of course, don't forget to check out our website at skinthesurfacepod.com for more information and the recommendations and guidelines that Dr. Gelfand referred to earlier. As always, stay safe and healthy, podcasters. Mm-hmm.